With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I am Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. Joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. The Talking Tide podcast available to you on our web host at Megaphone.com. Also, all the podcasting apps, including Apple Podcasts. You can get us live on YouTube right now. It's recorded there as well. Facebook Live. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can get Talking Tide. We're glad to be here. The Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide, if you'd like to keep up with our podcast links, just give us a follow there and you'll be able to track uh, all the happenings here on Talking Tide. Some quick thanks to our sponsors, our charter sponsor, North River Dental Associates, also Peter Brook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, and finally DraftKings. And a quick programming note for you here this holiday season. Uh, this will be our final podcast for I guess a little bit more than a week, uh, we will be back with our official preview pod of the Alabama-Cincinnati game. We'll drop that one either on, I think either on Tuesday night the 28th or possibly Wednesday night the 29th. And of course, the game is going to be on a Friday night the 31st. So uh, that is your uh, programming note. We want to wish all of our listeners and viewers a happy holiday season, a Merry Christmas. And with that, Travis, we, we thought we'd have a little bit of fun with this podcast, kind of an interim period uh, before we get into nuts and bolts talk about the Tide and the Bearcats and hand out a few Christmas presents for the CFP coaches. Thought that might be a fun way to handle things. You and I will put our Santa hats on here uh, and, and offer them up. We'll... Uh, why don't we start with Luke Fakel uh, at Cincinnati? Travis, I'm going to flip Luke Fakel uh, dibs on the first big-time Power 5 opening to come up uh, next season. The guy's done a phenomenal job unbeaten this year with the Cincinnati Bearcats. You got to think he's going to be at the top or very near the top of a lot of lists uh, come next November slash December when we see – uh, the coaching carousel tar- start to turn once again. Got to got to think that's uh, and and who knows maybe Cincinnati ponies up and and is able to keep it much longer. But but uh, uh, that's my gift to Luke Fakel, Travis is is uh, a big job for him to open. Uh, I guess about eleven months from now. You know, I guess what I need from you is a qualifier on what constitutes a big job because. Do you think if he really wanted, say, the Oregon job this time around, he could have had it? Does that qualify as a big-time job? Or are you thinking yeah. more along the lines of Ryan Day makes the jump to the National Football League and Luke's able to go back home to Ohio State? Right. Um, right. I'm, you know, I'm what, thinking top 10 to 15. Okay. 
tie, but so yeah, Oregon qualifies. I mean, Phil Knight money. That's that's a big time. That's yeah. a big time gig to me. I think uh, he's being selective, though. I really do. I don't know how much he's really pushed for some of these gigs. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like, yeah, he's certainly in line for an elite job if that's what he wants to do and, and make the move from Cincinnati. And, uh, you know what I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him an Alabama offensive performance along the lines of what we saw against LSU or Auburn. How about that? You think Luke would take either of those or both? He'll take it. He'll, He'll take, take that, it. especially yeah. with the defense that he's got that is, uh, similar in a lot of ways. I, I'm not going to say just in terms of pure athleticism, Cincinnati is up there with, say, an LSU or even an Auburn, but he's got some of the pieces in place on that defense. He's a defensive guy by nature. Um, and you look at, again, the problems Alabama had, especially in the ways of pass protection. I think Luke would take that type of scenario in either of those games and take his chances with uh, – with his offense being able to do just enough. No question about it. All right, we'll move on. Uh, Why don't you pick the next coach and and flip a gift out, and then I'll follow you with one as well. I'm going to go with – I'll go with – I'll go with Jim Harbaugh, head coach of Michigan. And my gift to him, especially with Georgia coming up in the Orange Bowl in that semifinal matchup, would be just a little bit more of a dynamic option or two on the offensive side of the ball. I know Jim Harbaugh loves those tight ends. He'd love for you to give him a couple more tight ends for Christmas. Uh, But I think it's going to take a Jamison Williams-type performance by someone at the skill positions. Mm -hmm. It's going to take Cade McNamara being very good throwing the football. I know everyone looks at the Ohio State game and even the Iowa win and thinks, look, this team has scored a lot of points. Well, they did it the Michigan way, which is still running the football first and foremost. And I still, even with the problems Georgia had defensively against Alabama, they weren't so much about slowing down the run. Now, Alabama ran the ball better in that game than I thought they would chase. But make no mistake about it. The problems were John Mechie before the injury had right. nearly 100 yards in the first half. And then, of course, what Jamison Williams was able to do. So that would be my gift for Jim Harbaugh, although I don't even know if he would use it because he loves right. those two and three tight end sets and, you know, mashing the football, uh, Bo style, Bo Schembechler style. No question. All right. For Jim Harbaugh, I'm going to give him a filter, Travis, uh, <laughs> a quote filter. Uh, that is going to get him in and out of that one-hour media session the week of the semifinals, ah. clean, without putting his foot in his mouth one time. Well, And, and look, I, I don't think he is uh, as bad as, say, a Dan Mullen when it comes to putting his foot in his mouth, right? But he can be a little obtuse. He can make himself a headline sometimes maybe when you don't want to. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give him a clean hour with no slip-ups, Travis. Uh, in that in that media session, which, as you know, uh, can be quite a, a peppering uh, 60 solid minutes of uh, reporters just just firing. I mean, he'll, and, and it's it's a little hard to filibuster sometimes, too, for 
for it's not like a little a little 10 minute job where you can jump in there and give an opening statement for five minutes and maybe call on a, a friendly beat guy or two and be out of there. It, it can be tough in that hour. Well, and I'll tell you another thing to consider from the Michigan perspective, now that you mentioned those media sessions for those semifinals, Josh Gaddis can chirp a little bit in his own right, the offensive coordinator for Michigan. So uh, he's a guy that I would kind of put under the low-key possibility, uh-huh. uh, under the radar possibility to make a few headlines. Josh Gaddis doesn't have any problem with confidence well, uh, when it comes to his guys. Th- okay, th- then I'm going to call that a dirty Santa gift, and I'm going to give it to Jim, <laughs> but he only gets one, and he could choose to either put it on his own quotes or he can pass it to uh, Josh, yeah, yeah. And, Josh. And, and not have to worry about Josh. Yeah, yeah. You know, you gotta. I, I think you got to just – Sort of keep your eye on Josh Gaddis. That's all I'm saying when we get to those those media sessions. All right. Let's uh, let's go to Kirby Smart. Uh, Georgia coach, of course, taking on those Michigan Wolverines in the CFP semifinal. For Kirby Smart, Travis, I'm going to give him anything but a loss to Nick Saban, right? You win <laughs> the whole thing, great. You lose to Michigan, all right. The last thing Kirby needs is to take an L to the guy that held him as a DC for nine, 10 years, whatever it was. Kirby smart absolutely does not want to be the guy that is the off season poster child of Nick Saban assistance, not being able to get over the hump against Nick Saban. I'm going to give Kirby smart a matchup with Nick Saban outside of the SEC footprint, which is what would happen if they meet in Indianapolis. Uh So maybe that's the trick for Kirby. It just hasn't worked for him, whether it's Atlanta three times, whether it was Tuscaloosa in 2020, maybe, maybe a matchup with his, with his, uh, with his, with his old boss in in Indy is what he needs to snap that streak. Chase, I don't know. And then finally, Alabama coach Nick Saban. Travis, uh, what you got for him? Yeah, well, I think it's got to be a healthy Bryce Young throughout the extent of the college football playoff. I know that's an obvious one. So I would even go further and say the battery of Bryce Young and Jamison Williams uh, needs to remain healthy because I don't know if this offense, even in the semifinal, is just going to be able to line up against Cincinnati and run it for 200-plus yards. Maybe they'll have that similar type of uh, outing that they had against maybe an Ole Miss earlier in the season. Um, but uh, it's it's imperative, right, that more so than even some of the teams we've seen throughout the years under Nick Saban at Alabama where you don't often associate one or two guys uh, being attached to to Alabama's championship hopes, I I look at Alabama and especially with John Mechie out now, uh, you got to keep that one-two punch on the field. No doubt, the, the the young Williams connection is a huge part of this Alabama attack, especially not only with the Mechie injury, but you also, of course, got the well-documented lack of depth in the running back department as well. So, yeah, no no doubt. Uh, I had, uh, for Nick Saban, a healthy Jalen Armour Davis. Right? Yeah. Because uh, Josh Job, of course, is 
uh, out for the CFP. Nick Saban called him very doubtful a few days ago, which surprised me a little bit uh, because that leaves a glimmer of hope. But for all intents and purposes, uh, for the, at this moment anyway, we'll count Josh Job as out. So you'll have Kool-Aid, McKinstry in a starting role, uh, which at this point he, he's gotten a pretty good taste of. But Nick Saban was not committal at all about Jalen Armour Davis's health. You know, he said, we'll see how he looks in practice. We don't know how he'll be able to do what he'll be able to do in practice physically. Uh, and so, you know, to me, uh, the difference between Davis being on the field or off is a big one. Because if, if both if both your starting corners can't go, well, then you are having to stick somebody in there. Uh, and you mentioned Malachi Moore can help out a little bit. Uh, as well, uh, if if there's uh you know some kind of some kind of depth issue, but they need Jalen Armour Davis in this game. They need some experience on the corners. Yeah, and if it's Kool Aid at one corner, it might be Kyrie Jackson, the junior college transfer at the other corner, and he has even less experience than Kool Aid has this season at the cornerback spot. And yeah, I think Malachi Moore is. Uh, a guy that's versatile enough to help you across the secondary. But if it comes down to outright having to have another guy for Jalen Armour Davis, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's Jackson. All right. The Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. We're going to be talking a little bit of Alabama basketball. Take a quick look at back at Alabama's uh, National Signing Day efforts before we sign off as well. But first, we're going to tell you a little bit about our fine title sponsors. We're going to start by telling you all about North River Dental Associates, Dr. Jack Smalley, and that outstanding staff of dental hygienists. You cannot beat the quality service you get at North River Dental Associates, conveniently located right off of Watermelon Road uh, at Fairfax Park. Phone number 752-3506. You can visit them at NorthRiverDentist.com for an appointment. They're going to get you in and out of that chair in less than an hour on a routine cleaning, and they can do all kinds of dental work, whether it's dentures, endodontics, cosmetic dentistry, laser dentistry, porcelain veneers. They do it all. They're also taking care of you with Botox and Juvederm treatments at North River Dental. If you want to get those facial features tightened up, you know, the teeth whitening services, very popular. If you got an event coming up, especially with this holiday season, get over to Dr. Jack's. He'll take care of you in the teeth whitening department as well. It's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier right there, also in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Man, it is the stretch run. It is the equivalent of the Alabama drive late in regulation against the Auburn Tigers from just a few weeks ago. When we're talking about completing the Christmas shopping checklist, it absolutely needs to include Peter Brook Chocolatier, Heather, Paula, Jimmy, that entire staff there at Peter Brook Chocolatier. They're like the elves right now. You know, they're just nonstop, seven days a week, taking care of all those Christmas goodies for you. 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Still not too late to give them a call as well at 205-752-0211. Peter Brook Chocolatier, the champions of chocolate. Finally going to tell you all about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings. 
the latest no-brainer from the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Football League. New customers betting just $1 on any team to score win $100 in free bets at DraftKings right now. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest as well. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network. If you're a YouTube viewer, you see it right there on your screen. You bet $1 on any team to score. If they do, you win $100 in free bets. You score as well with promo code TPPN. This week at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Travis, we uh, move on here on this edition of Talking Tide Podcast. Talk a little bit of basketball. When we last checked in with NATO to squad, they had just uh, taken care of business at home by a point and a thriller against Houston. Since then, they've played twice. They got... Uh, Embarrassed, frankly, on the road against Memphis, got outplayed pretty much from top to bottom. Uh, then they turn around and bounce back with a, a victory over Jacksonville State that by Alabama standards was a low scoring game, 65 to 59, the final there. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the up and the down for the week, Travis? Yeah, it was a Memphis team that was really struggling going into that game last week up at the FedEx Forum in Memphis, but uh, the Tigers looked a lot like the team most people thought they would in the win over Alabama. When you talk about the convergence of the nation's number one recruiting class for the 2021 cycle, and then a couple of three guys that um, Memphis brought back that you know were figuring to be all AAC candidates going into the season. So uh, Penny Hardaway finally got his group to play a uh, an engaged and tough uh, 40 minutes of basketball. And I think toughness was probably the thing that was most discouraging to Nate Oates because Alabama just didn't bring nearly enough of that in the loss to Memphis. And that's understanding just a couple of nights earlier, you come off the emotional and physically draining win over Houston in Tuscaloosa. But, you know, you're going to have these kind of scenarios coming up in the Southeastern Conference. You know, you're going to have some quick turnarounds. So, I'm sure that's something that, in terms of letting his team off the hook, Nate's not going to do anytime soon. couple notes from that victory over Jacksonville State. Keon Ellis with one of the best all-around games of his career at Alabama. Had a double-double, 20 points, 10 rebounds, only one turnover in 38 minutes, Travis. That's uh, some consistent play from him right there for sure. And uh, Jaden Shackelford with kind of a head-scratcher, Shut out, zero points in 34 minutes. I would imagine that's the first time he's ever goose-egged at Alabama. If it's not, then I certainly can't remember when it happened before, but he was 0 for 6 from the floor. Uh, and then also, finally, uh, noteworthy, I thought Darius Miles, uh, the youngster, with 27 minutes, that's by far the most minutes he's played for Alabama in a game this season. I think his previous high was 20 minutes. He ends up with the 10 points and seven rebounds. Yeah, tighter rotation. Not so much even just in terms of number of guys that Nate went with. He went with eight in the game, but even just the minutes off the bench. J.D. Davison with just uh, 13 minutes in the win over Jacksonville State. As you said, Miles played 27. That was most of the bench minutes. Um, 
you know, Noah Gurley with 16 minutes, but you're right about Keon. The last couple of games, he's been the real bright spot for Alabama. Quinterly was better in the second half uh, against Jacksonville State. I uh, thought he played extremely well over the final 20 minutes. And Keon, though, in terms of consistency these last couple of games, it's been a nice bounce back for him. It, you kind of are waiting for this three-guard attack to sort of sync up and have a consistent stretch where they're all playing at a high level because it's been a little bit hit and miss. They've been good, don't get me wrong. And typically, two of the three have been so good that it hasn't really mattered if the third guy wasn't up to par or Mm -hmm. up to that standard. Uh, But you're still kind of waiting on that. And uh, for Keon, it was a return the last couple of games to the first three games of the season uh, when he was really good on the offensive end. And look, you got to understand, too, it's only so many shots to go around uh, when you're this guard heavy and you're this guard centric. What about your boy, Betty Ako, with the uh, five block shots against the Gamecocks Saturday night? Good, bread. Five block shots and five fouls in 21 minutes. Well, seven he's in rebounds. And out. He's played tough around the rim. Seven hey, rebounds. You know. Three of four from the field. Seven points. I like those seven rebounds from Betty Ako. He's had a couple games where it's been uh, – it's been a little bit light on the boards. And, you know, you look at the guy and physically he's still got some ground to cover. Not the girthiest dude out there. Just because you're seven foot doesn't mean you're going to get 37 rebounds every night. You got to have right. a little, little something to go with it. You know, I don't mind the five fouls at all if they're as long as they're all around the rim, right? Yeah. If, if, if those five fouls take away 10 points worth of field goals and force the other team to, to shoot 10 free throws, then, go, you know, that those are good fouls. There's good fouls and bad fouls. The good ones are around the rim. Yeah, when well, uh, you mentioned, I mentioned Davison in his limited moment minutes. He, uh, you know, he had a little bit of a scary injury there in the first half where he was kind of Euro-stepping through, and it looked like he hyper-extended that knee a little bit, so... I think Nate, after the game, mentioned that some of his limit limitations uh, there in the second half, with an emphasis on the second half, was related to that. Mm-hmm. You don't need to lose that guy. Um, no. He, he's obviously uh, a, a real difference maker and energy provider uh, to go along with everything else off the bench. Got Guys that foul out in 20 minutes, Travis, uh, Wimp Sanderson used to say those guys like that have two fouls before the national anthem, he liked to say. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of go with it, you know, with some of these guys. That's, that's Michael Green had that bug. Yeah, he would – yeah, big guys in general. You know, yeah. it's the early foul trouble more often than not that just kind of takes them out of the game. But, um, yeah – Charles, still a little bit of a work in progress from that perspective. Next up for the Alabama basketball team, they're going to be taking on Davidson. That's going to be on Tuesday in Coleman Coliseum. Uh, last non-conference game, Travis, before they yeah. dive into conference play. Replacing and Colorado State. Yeah, It'll be on some... SEC Network unless Inter- you stream on YouTube TV. And then well, YouTube struck, struck a deal on Sunday. They struck oh, a deal. I missed that. Yes. We YouTube TVers That's me are included. getting our ES, and I had fired their ass. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm gonna keep. You'd them, already I guess. canceled. Yeah, I went with that. Uh, is it Fubo TV? I I done. They they had a free trial going on with ESPN on it, and I needed to be able to watch the Jacksonville State game, you right. know, Saturday night. So uh, 
they, they kind of had us in a lurch, and uh, but it looks like we're going to be okay with the I, YouTube TV. And Davidson, by the way, that's a that's a Chase Goodbread special because they're going to screen you. They're going to backdoor cut you three passes before a shot. It's right up Goodbread's alley Tuesday night. Davidson, Bob McKillop with all those screens and all those ball cuts and head fakes. It's like the Hickory Hoosiers coming to Legacy Arena. Princeton has entered the building. Oh, it's the Southern Princeton. That's what it's going to be. Look, if I'm an Alabama player and I'm seeing what we're getting ready for Tuesday night on the defensive end, I just give me – I know Colorado State was a top 25 team. Yeah. I'd rather just play a top 25 team that plays like Colorado State right? than deal with all these screens and backdoor cuts and – you know, watching the paint dry and all that crap that you're going to have to deal with Tuesday night. It, it's almost, it's almost like getting ready for the triple option. That's what I, and I, it's crazy you said that because I'm writing a preview for BamaOnline.com, and that's the exact analogy I made. Right. In terms of dreading to play against, and that's before we even talk about preparation for it. Right. You know, especially when your style of play really isn't about that it's on the ball it's on the ball screens it's things like this these guys are going to set stagger screens off the ball curls to the bucket backdoor cuts <laughs> they're going to show a screen and then slip it you know make you look stupid you better yeah. be talking alabama better be talking on defense Going to be fun to watch. All right, before we get out of here, Travis, a quick look back at Alabama's signing class. You and I don't talk much recruiting here on Talking Tide, but one one thing we can talk is Eli Ricks, right? The transfer portal guy from LSU yeah. uh, who appears to be – well, not appears to be. He is headed for Alabama. This guy was a third-team All-American in 2020, Travis. And there's a pickup where you don't have to wonder if he can play or not. That dude's sticky, man. I know when you talk about what's he going to run and kind of these things, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to run. I just know he's long and he's sticky. And in Alabama's win in Baton Rouge a year ago where poor Derek Stingley uh, just got eaten up, torched again by Devontae Smith. And that's understanding Eli Ricks didn't have to deal with Devontae Smith. They traveled Stingley with Devontae Smith in that game a good bit, as I recall. Um, Eli Ricks can play. He's legit. So if you think about it, see about Armour Davis, see about Job, uh, but that definitely bodes well for your corner situation in 2022 couple days after signing day, Nick Saban picks up a four-star kid from Louisiana by the name of Kendrick Law. He's got some two-way versatility, Love as him. I understand it. So, yes. uh, that's a big one as well. I really like Kendrick Law. I posted this on the website that I might like his tape better than anybody they signed in the last week. Not mm. transfer portal related, but right. he is. I mean, he's another one of these Louisiana guys that can – do it on offense, do it on defense, do it in the return game. Um, I think they could play him at running back, wide receiver. I think he's a, a, a three-position starter in the SEC, running back, wide receiver, or safety. Mm. Um, you could put him at any of those spots and feel really good about what he's going to give you. 
a different world now than when you and I covered recruiting back in the day, Travis. Back you hear a uh, phone going off in the background. Yeah, they, if, they, if they were guys were that days. still hadn't made their official visit at this point in the year. <laughs> back, back that, in the that even some of them hadn't even been offered yet. Uh-uh. You know, no. I mean, we'll get around that in late December. You know, that's no. when the the offers would go out like December first of that year. <laughs> You know, and then, oh, well, I guess we got to get our visit weekends lined up. If if schools were having, remember, if, remember if schools were having visit weekends in December, it was like, damn, that's early. You right. know, yep. it was all in January. Yep. Every weekend in January, it was, and it just built. And I think it was, I think it was more fun then. I thought, I think it, it, it built up to something more than it does now because you just get out of the conference championship games and, oh, damn, here's, here's the early signing date. You know, there's no real buildup to it now like there used to be. No, I guess uh, the the what used to be the only signing date still exists, but for Alabama and anybody else, it's just a way to fill, you know, what, two, three spots at the most? Yeah. Is that what Nick Saban's looking well, at? Well, I guess you, you can also see what you're, you know, you might have some guys that right after the season decide at that point they're moving on, so your numbers could change. You've got an exception this year in terms of, how many you can have on scholarship, how many you can sign. So there's just so many different things in play now. And some of that has to do with COVID, obviously. But uh, the more it changes, the more it seems to stay the same, though, for Nick Saban. He just keeps wearing it out on the on the recruiting trail. There you go. All right. That is going to do it for the Talking Tide podcast pre-Christmas once again. Thanks to all, and a very Merry Christmas from Talking Tide. Travis and I will be back a few days after Christmas, again, probably the 28th or the 29th, to preview the Alabama-Cincinnati game. Looking forward to talking to our listeners then. So until then, for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television, and we'll talk to you then here on Talking Tide.